It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. All right, so I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're... Friday Night Games. FKG, for short. We are two board game enthusiasts who enjoy long walks on the beach, holding hands, burning some candles, and playing some lighter games every now and then. I can agree with all that. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely like holding hands. On today's show, we're going to be discussing light games, what they are, when you should play, and how communication affects them. Afterwards, we might just do a big little, big little geek out about a famous game designer. Uh, we're going to start off by thanking uh, Pandasaurus Games for sending us some of their letter games from their catalog to explore. So they sent us the game and Illusion, but we also played The Mind, which I previously owned. So thank you for making the content in this episode possible. But please note that this does not affect our opinion at all. The game is bad. It's just bad. We'd also like to thank our sponsor. This is new. <laughs> uh, tabletoprenaissance.ca which is uh, having a website that's coming soon maybe in the next year but uh, <laughs> it's coming it's Windsor's premier board game store for fantasy flight miniature games and if you don't like the games they've got delicious curry oh yeah I, I know I wrote that <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the board game store is located inside Eros Asian Eatery on Wyandotte Street West near the Ambassador Bridge here in Windsor Ontario so if you ever in the area go check them out it's delicious and they got some pretty awesome games there so matt hey what is a light game a light uh, game like are, uh, we, are we talking about we're like, talking about like like how heavy it is <laughs> weight wise like I how was... much my shipping is gonna cost me when i when i buy it offline no it's how many uh lights are in the box when you open it up oh okay how many how many lights you see when you tell your wife you bought this game (laughs) (laughs) i don't i tell her i told her it was sent to us oh yeah (laughs) all these games are sent to us honey all of them (laughs) generally a light game describes a game that has a light rule set meaning a meaning the rule set has less rules in it so you can learn it in five to ten minutes generally it's a it's a sheet of paper you could crumple up and down right it's not like a thick textbook manual like dungeons and dragons and the game is generally very easy to learn usually the game will take 20 minutes to play nice and there's nothing to it literally there might be like five rules that correspond to the pieces that you get and you just play nice for me thinking about it it's almost like light and heavy games are their own genre so if you think about games like you know, card games, worker placement games, you know, Euro style games. I feel like there are groups of people that like heavy games. There are groups of people that like light games. So so on that note, yeah, there's definitely like, I mean, like you, when you think of the lightest of light, you think of like a party game. Right. But that's not always true, right? So you can have a light strategy game, which right. are some of the games that were sent to us. Yeah. Uh, like a heavy strategy game is going to be way different than a light strategy game. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I've never played a heavy party game, though. <laughs> <laughs> we should make one. There is a heavy party game. It's not really heavy, but it's a game within a game. <sighs> I can't remember the name of it, unfortunately. It's it's missing. You know, It's on the tip of my tongue, but I, I can't get it out. I'll probably get it out at the very end of this podcast. I'll just shout it out. <laughs> the game, everyone has like a, like a rule. Okay. You know, it might be like when someone comes to the door, I can only say a certain word. 
and everyone has a certain rule. And the whole game is you're trying to guess what everyone's rule is. Okay. And if you get it, you win. And you could actually play this game while playing a, a full board game or having a house party. So it's a really Strange. cool game. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, you were talking about heavy games and light games. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, they're generally easily accessible by all players. And you can play them with almost anybody. I think, you know, when I think of a light game, I think it's just like, hey, let's play this game. Here's a one-minute rundown, and we're playing it, and we're good. What are some of your favorite light games that we've played, Matt? Well, I mean, examples of the lightest, you know, if if you're into board games and you know about them, they, they were made famous by Will Wheaton's Tabletop, Coup, Love Letter, Sushi Go are very three classic examples, right? Mm-hmm. Coup is simple. It's just a bluffing mechanism. There's like six card types. They all do something different. You have all the rules in front of you, and you're just bluffing each card. Right. Love Letter is a game of you're trying to beat certain numbers. Every card has like a different ability, and you're trying to guess what cards people have in their hand. And then Sushi Go is set collection. You It's card drafting. You pass around the cards around the table, and you choose a card to put into your pile that you think is going to score you the most points. Right. So they're all really easy to play. I mean, obviously I'm leaving out a bunch of rules for all of them, but <laughs> that's okay. You can learn all those games within like 15 minutes. Nice. A good note is that, you know, some of these games can be considered party games. So if you're going to Google this, the, these things, you should go to board game geek, use their advanced search and look up a weight between zero and 1.5. So I actually have a list. And like, for instance, you know, maybe you can agree with me on some of these code names has, has a light weight, right? It's weight is 1.29 out of five. So that's pretty low weight, meaning you can learn it really quickly, mm-hmm. but it's also a party game, right? Right. Code names duet, same thing. Just one, which we played. Just one is a, a word guessing game. It's weight is even less than code names. Right, it's also a party game. Dixit Odyssey, another one. Right, you're guessing cards. It's also a party game. So a lot of the party games and light games cross over. Right. But then notice there's King Domino Duel on here. Right. You play King Domino Duel. Is that would you consider that really easy to learn? Yeah. I mean, just rolling some dice and filling in uh, some symbols, just some basic rolling. Right. Trying to score some points in your kingdom. Yeah. You know, that's what a light game is. It's something with a very very few rules that you could pick up and play really quickly. Right. So I have a question for you. Do you think when you play a heavy game with a giant rule set, do you think that ruins your experience with light games? No, not at all. There, especially in our group, there's definitely a preferred weight of games. So I know like Bill tends to like, like medium or heavier games. You know, you, you kind of go all over. I think like you, I think you like a little bit of medium range to heavier style but you'll play everything so so for me it's for me (laughs) it's the group i'm with right right so i look for games if i have a like my birthday party or whatever and we have like 20 people here i try to look for a game that everyone can play so not root (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're playing root taking turns playing root yeah i agree i and i know that there's people out there that if you play a heavy game they almost refuse to play light games like that's their that's their game they're gonna play, and then I like I've I've seen it where I I've been to a place where it's like hey let's play a game you know they want to play like Gloomhaven or something you know and I'm like uh what <laughs> what is this and where was this I, that's just the example I made okay. up in my head <laughs> um, but like I like I've been I'm trying to think of the game it was and I can't now that's another game I can't think of well no I I know what you're saying like you know the Fantasy Flight Star Wars games right the Armada X Wing Legion are all very heavy you know it's a heavy rule set. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I know people, once they get into that, they never want to go back to playing like a regular board game that has a, a lighter weight to it. Yeah, I mean, heavy games are really, like once you get them and can and understand the rules, and especially the games like games like miniatures and like a lot of story arcs and stuff like that, it's, it's tough to step out of that because you want to just keep going through your campaigns, right? And playing it. But I mean, sometimes you just have to not, not use your brain as much. <laughs> on, on board game nights right and like that and that's what i liked about us when we when we played like we we would play all these games and whether it be light or heavy but we, you always ended the night on coop right yeah, so yes yes and that, and that's what was fun for me when i started coming here because like remember the first game that i played was dead of winter <laughs> right and i'm like that's... which which is it's a heavier game it's not the heaviest of games but no. it's like a over a three but i'm coming five. from like playing like boggle and, <laughs> and like monopoly right and i come in and be like oh there's there's other games other than the what classics the, what, what is this what game? is this what is this game Old John comes in. Oh, I play as Boggle. <laughs> <laughs> Dead of winter. What is that? Right. And then ending the night on Coup was just like, oh, okay. And then I am like immediately bought Clue. Clue. Bought Coup. Um, <laughs> I think after the first or second time we played it. So I can bring awesome. it home. Cause it was an awesome game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I guess that brings us to the next question. You know, when is it appropriate to play? You know, I when I look at our group. I actually think our group prefers those light games and not necessarily party games. I think, you know, there's definitely a difference between the party games and the regular games that we're talking about, right? A party game is easily accessible to like large groups of people, 10 plus Mm -hmm. in my mind, six plus usually, but there's, there's, you know, lighter games that are four player, five player, right? And those games are actually like very accessible to everybody. And you could play a, a couple rounds, like you try and figure it out and then play around and then you fail or you pass and you play another round, right? You have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Uh, the Crew, for example, is, a, is an amazing game and uh, it's addictive because because it's played in rounds, you know, you play one round, it's a light game, light, very light rule set. But once you play one round, you kind of get like, oh, I really like trying to beat it. Well, let's go to the next level. What's the next level? Like, let me just keep going. Right. Right. You know, and then the other time we play them is like you just said, after you play Dead of Winter, you want to play something a little bit lighter because your mind has been crushed (laughs) with all the rules. Right. And obviously for me, it makes sense, too, because I spent a lot of time learning these complex rules. I just want to throw something on the table that we could just, you know, we already know how to play, which is light and is only going to take 20 minutes because we don't, you know, once we're done a big game, we might have just an hour left. No, you're not going to start another big game. That point there brings me to, you remember that one night when we, we had, you know, pre-pandemic where we had our, pretty much our entire group was here. So there was what, like the six or seven of us, I think even Jay, your brother was playing mm-hmm. and we split the table up and, you know, Novi, Masash, Matt, Michaela and I were playing Dead Man's Cabal and, you know, you and Bill and, and Jay were playing other games. We're playing Fire Tower. Fire Tower. We played a lot of games in there. We played the Duke. The we played du- Fire Tower. Yeah. And Michaela was just, you know, playing Dead Man's Call, and, like, she just wasn't... She's, like, falling asleep. Yeah, she's, like, the, it just didn't dry, bring her in, right? And then after that, we just ended up playing Trial by Trolley. Oh, yeah, which which is a light game. Right. Right, there's, like, three rules to that game. Yeah. <laughs> Split your teams up, pull a card, right, lay lay your cards on the track. Yeah, and I'm not saying Dead Man Cabal is, like, a heavy game at all, but, like, when you're comparing who in our group likes what kind of games, like, that was just, like, a perfect example was... You know, Michaela likes lighter party games, and I'm trying to play this game where we're trying to, like, raise the dead so we can party. 
<laughs> a dead man's cabal right and which actually is a pandasaurus game as well so that's kind of cool and then bring it in and then we just like end up playing uh trial by trolley just having a hilarious time the rest of the night right and that's and, and that was fun right and that's sort of like an ode to those light games because they can bring back a mood and they can pull in the players you know michaela is more new to the genres than us she likes playing those she actually likes playing a lot of party games with her friends mm-hmm. so when we start introducing her to something more with a heavier rule set it could be it, you know you really have to get over that mindset because you know even when when we were playing dead of winter for the first times it was a very complicated game yeah and i wasn't looking forward to playing it all the time i'll tell you that much right now <laughs> you know because 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 the rule set was so much right and because we had to figure out what's going on in your opinion or in both of our opinions what do you think makes a really good light game when it comes down to when we're playing it i think about what can we do during these games and every time that i think about it and it, and a lot of the games have it in the rules is how you communicate during the game right so being able to you know when i take when i when i think about when we played the game oh right yes. so i mean you're allowed to kind of you know give hints or whatever like hey don't play on this pile or you know i got something for this pile right and then hold on, let's back it up let's yeah, back yeah, it yeah. up okay or we back it up let's back it up so the game yeah which was a game that was sent to us the right. game is a game that was sent to us the game <laughs> the game it's distributed by Panasaurus. It's a 2015 game. It is designed by Sefan Bendorf. The game, you have a stack of cards numbered 2 to 99, and you have four separate stacks, which are numbered 1, 1, 100, and 100. So the object of the game is to play all the cards from the deck of 2 to 99 onto the four piles. And you win the game once you've played all the cards. So if you play on a one pile, you play in increasing order. And if you play on a 100 pile, you play in decreasing order. So if the one pile is at 31, you could only play cards greater than 31 on it. And then if the pile is at 31 on the descending, you could only play cards 30 to 2 on that one. Players take turns by playing a minimum of two cards from their hand. And once you run out of the deck and you only have cards in your hands, you can only play one card. There's only one catch. You can use a 10 less or 10 more than a stack number to reverse the pile. So if there's a 31 on the on the one pile, normally you would play anything greater than 31. However, you can play a 21 on top of that to reduce the pile by 10. So now on that pile, you could play from 22 to 99. And then the communication element, which is really cool, is you cannot tell people what is in your hand throughout, throughout the game, but you can use abstract communication via the piles to kind of hint at what we have right so like when we were playing hey i got something on that i can play here don't oh, play on this pile. our communication was hilarious because at some <laughs> point at one point i think it was once we started figuring out that communication everyone's like don't play on this pile don't play on this pile and then like i forget whose turn it was i think it was you i think it was you you're like i can't play on any pile guys like someone <laughs> needs to just like suck it up and i'm gonna throw a card down Right, and we're like, no, no, don't do that, and then like, because everyone has a, a no. That was Mike. Oh, that was Mike. It was Mike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened there? Well, it, the game started funny because oh, he puts like it starts off on the one, and he, his first card he played was like forty two. <laughs> like, so we're like, what the hell are you doing? Like. 
We're like, you're halfway through the pile. Yeah. Right. So we had to work really hard to get that pile number back down. Right. So that we can play the game. He's like, I couldn't do anything. Like, screw you guys. <laughs> but I, which I don't. I don't know if I believe. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I, I believe do. him. But I. But I mean. But like. It was just like, all right, now Mike, what's Mike going to do on his next turn to screw us up again, right? Oh, but then his next turn, he starts <laughs> playing every card from his hand. He's like, well, I can play all the cards in my hand. We're like, no, dude, that's not, I don't think that's the right strategy. Don't just start playing all the cards from your hand. He's like, I can play this here, and I can play this here, and I can play this here. And then we're like, well, now Bill can't play any cards, right? So, right. <laughs> so we, we found out that a good strategy was just like just playing that minimum, that yes, minimum of two, two cards. And then really just being like, okay, so give that opportunity for people to play cards. So we should know once you play cards in your hand, you draw back up to six. Right. Until, right. Until so. the deck's gone. And that strategy worked for us. It did. But like, I had a lot of fun playing this game. So I gauge things by laughter. Right. And like kind of how into it we are. And like, I think at one point you might have started, you you're, you apologize a lot for what you thought was yelling at Novi, but that to me was just so much excitement that you guys are like, no, don't do that. There's so much yelling. Like, <laughs> it's not really yelling, but more just like talking loudly and then ignoring all exterior things. Right. Right. So you're just like, I am in my own world talking. Don't get in my way. <laughs> Yeah, right. like, you know, I wasn't yelling at Novi, but I know, but I know, like, once, once something happens, like, at the beginning, I was like, dude, like, what, what the hell did you do that for? Mm-hmm. That kind of set the tone for how, what he thought we were saying the, oh. the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I meant it the first time you did it because, like, you, you threw a 42 down on a one, but. <laughs> I mean, is what it is. And so I, I knew he was kind of getting annoyed because, you know, Bill, once Bill gets that weakness oh, yeah. spot there, he just exploits that, yeah, right? He so keeps... he was just like push, poking the bear the entire game, right? And yeah. So I just wanted to make sure, like, Novi knew that I was not serious after the fact. So Right. You're serious at the moment, then you realize it's not a big deal. It's just a game. It's just a game. It's, it's just game. the game. It's just the game <laughs> that we need to win. And we right. did. We actually won. We did. Game, which is pretty cool. But what's cool about what Panasaurus is doing a little bit is they're taking these games that they have, so like the game, and they're releasing like other versions of it. So there's a new version that came out. The game Quick and Easy. Game Quick and Easy this year. So instead of 100 cards, you're down to 50, and they're also separated by colors. So as of this podcast, that game actually comes out last week. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And it's the same idea of playing the higher and lower cards, and then you can play the same color, which allows you allows for the drop down or up instead of playing the 10 lower down so that's actually pretty cool i'm actually really excited to see how that plays out yeah yeah and obviously we kind of gave you a little hint the drop the drop or the reverse is the most important in these games so yeah you know we had a lot of fun with the game i actually would bring that out in a lot of different to a lot of different people i think it's very accessible for a lot of people like games always are yeah but i know like i i had a lot of fun playing it i know like you're bringing it out with a different group and they're gonna have a lot of fun playing it too with that, Matt, do you think we actually need to talk um, while we're playing board games? You know, when we started discussing the piles in the game, we were doing better, right? The communication that we had between us was hilarious. Like, the, hey, don't touch that pile. Don't touch that pile. Don't touch that pile. Like, everyone's just like, don't touch this pile. <laughs> Table flip. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I, I think that that... So when we were playing it at first, we didn't know how to communicate. We didn't really know what we could do. And then at one point, someone was like, can we communicate? And I kind of like skimmed the rules real quick. And I'm like, yes. They said we can point out piles and touch things. Yeah, because like right before we played the game, we played the mind, which you which you can't communicate in. So when we when we started the game, we, we weren't talking to each other. And we we're just like, 
playing the cards on the table, right? Yeah, we started playing with zero commit because we were playing the mind by Pandasaurus. We had no, we were in the mindset of not communicating. Right. So maybe we should talk about the mind a little bit. Right. So in the mind, you and the other players are trying to connect mentally to be able to play the cards in your hand from one to 100. And you're basically doing that just with the cards in your hand. Um, you go through basic levels. So you, so whatever level you're on, that's how many cards you get in your hand. So level one, each player gets one card. Level two, each player gets two cards and go, goes on. And you have to put them in increasing order. But you have to do it in a way where you're putting all the cards in your hand down without losing any of the, the lives that you have. Or there is a mechanic in the game where you can raise your hands. And that means, and everyone has to agree, and that means you throw like a ninja star down, and you have to discard the lowest card in your hand. So that kind of gauges where you can start. Right. But you need to do this all without communicating with each other. And the game, it's actually really hard. I've never beat it. I don't know if you've We've, ever beat it. I never beat it. But me and you have played a bunch of times a while ago. We got pretty far. I thought we got to like level. It was in a two-player game. You go to twelve. We yeah. got to like ten or something. We did do a review podcast on it like a year and a half, maybe ago. So yeah, we loved sc- it. Scroll down and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably do the same, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we probably should have researched it a little more. But I think the cool thing about the game is that it has like a rhythm to it. That's kind of right. what you do. You get in sync with the other player. So there's kind of like a. It's almost like there's a drum beat in your head, and that's how you play, right? Right. And as soon as someone like skips that beat, you're like, oh, I should probably play my card. And and I find it the more players, it's definitely more difficult to. Oh yeah. To get in that mindset where you guys are connected. So we played it with four players, which is like the maximum they recommend it, and then we played with five because <laughs> <laughs> we just want to see. We want to get everyone involved. We want to see how far we can go. Five was difficult. Yeah, but we had a lot more fun playing with five than we do with four. That's because we were just cheating. <laughs> what? How are we cheating? Or playing wrong? Yeah, no, we we weren't playing wrong. But it would definitely like I would lay a card and someone would be like, "Don't do it. <laughs> just just put a bad key in your hand." <laughs> or like two people would throw a card higher or lower. We're like, "Ah, we'll just pass. We'll just yeah, keep yeah, going. We'll, we'll just we'll just let it go." Even though, even though that would be losing a life, right? Basically, we did at one point. We're like, "Okay, you know what? We'll we'll we'll." We'll leave it, but we'll take a life away. Right. We'll we'll leave it, but we'll take a life. We'll, yeah, or you know. we pass the level, but we know we failed, so we won't get the bonus. Right. Or something. But we didn't make it very far with five people. We no, made it to like, like level four. four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think everyone cheats in this game. I like to see... Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe there's some people... I bet you a two-player game would be easier than a three- or four-player game. I, I feel agree. like this game would be almost impossible to... Or very, very hard to beat at three and four players. Right. But, but more fun. I think it's more fun when you play with that many players. But at two players, I bet two pe- two players could beat it if, if they're in sync or whatever. But what's funny is when two people are off sync. I don't know if you noticed that, but like when we were playing, I think someone was distracted by a question from someone and they just were like completely off sync. <laughs> and they like threw like a, a 60 down when we were like on, and in my mind, we're on like 30. Right. And you're just like, oh, it's like, were you not paying attention? Am I not paying attention? Are you not paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part right and and that's why i have fun with this game because like you know when you get that that card that just breaks your level and you're like oh no! <laughs> yeah <laughs> darth vader finding out that padme died no! <laughs> yeah that type of actor too <laughs> um 
<laughs> Spoilers. So, so just just a good thing to note, there is a new version of the game that came out in May. It's called Ooh. The Mind Extreme. So The Mind, which we were just talking about, is a 2019 game distributed by Pandasaurus Games, designed by Wolfgang Varsh. And he makes another version of the game, which was released in May 2020. It has the same concept, except now you have two decks, which are... Are, uh, have contained cards 1 to 50. One needs, so you need to play one deck in ascending order and one deck in descending order. Sounds very similar to something we are just talking about a minute ago. Maybe the game, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. And then some levels are played blind where you put the cards face down and then afterwards you flip them up to see how well you and your partner did. Oh, so that'd be insane. That was, well, it's extreme, right? It's extreme, extreme version. If you like what you're hearing about the mind, check those two games out. Yeah, that that game would actually be extremely challenging, and I'm almost intimidated by it. I feel like I feel <laughs> like you know, with the game and the game quick and easy, you can play those separate. It doesn't really matter about playing them in order. But I feel like with the mind to mind extreme, you should play the mind first, right? And then play the mind extreme. If you really like the mind, then play the mind extreme. But the mind is a really good game to begin with. Just play that in general. Cool. So. I think another thing that makes a really good light game is a passive playing. What's that mean? So for instance, the game that we were playing, the game had like kind of a drop in element. So you can like talk and then just casually do something as you wait for other people to play. So when we were playing the game, I was focused on you Mm because you were the person who went before me while the other three people were playing i didn't really care what they did because i'm like oh i'll worry about my hand once it comes to you i'll like because that way it lets those three people have time to play so during that time you know i could watch tv i could talk to my brother i can you know eat a nacho eat a nacho (laughs) (laughs) i'm mad that there was actually no nachos (laughs) We eat some ice cream. That's what we had that night. Reflect about my life. (laughs) (laughs) Or talk to other people and reflect about their life. Should I have eaten that nacho? (laughs) But, you know, maybe everyone just wants to get their mind prepped. Or maybe just want to, like, you know, I I think games like that are just sort of like a wind down, right? You played a heavy game and then you just want to wind down. And you don't necessarily want to, like, a heavy rule set. Or you don't want to be completely engaged in the game right and so we did have that also and we were lucky enough to get another wolfgang varsh game and this one's slightly different there's no communication involved it plays on its own has a light rule set and it plays up to five people and that game's called illusion which is a 2018 game also distributed by panasaurus games and also again designed by wolfgang varsh yeah so this game consists of cards containing colored patterns and on the back, there are percentage of each color, uh, how much that color takes up space on that card. Player will flip a marker, which indicates what color uh, we are ordering. One at a time, players will decide where their card fits in ascending order. So from smallest colored area to largest colored area. And then during that turn, you can challenge it, which is allows you to flip the cards over to determine if they are out of order. If so, you score a point. If not... Uh, the last person that played gets the point. Yeah. So, what did you what did you think of that game? I think out of all the games we played that night, I really really liked this one. Really? Yeah. Like the game was fun, and we were having like we we were laughing a lot. But this one was like challenging, right? So it's it's the the name illusion is the like most perfect name for this because it actually is an optical. You're looking at cards of optical illusions, right? It's meant to throw you off. And yeah, sometimes it's super obvious. What color has more color on that card? Right, you're gauging the area of all the colors on the card. Right? Yeah, so. and and then other times it's not obvious. So like there's one card I think it was like hearts on it, and I was like, yeah, there's 
and I, I, I think it was either green or blue, and it definitely looked like there was less blue on one card, but there was actually a significant more blue on that card that I thought was less. And it, it's it was it was challenging to like really figure it out, and I was terrible at at calling it out. I gave Novi like three points. Well, I was terrible at the game. I had like zero points. <laughs> in the game. But you know, it it it's casual and it's easy to it's easy to teach and easy to learn. Like it's not a hard game to get into. But I found it just challenging, like visually looking at it and being like, "Yes, that card has more yellow than that card," so, or whatever, you know. So my experience with it is that it was totally passive play. So while you were taking your turn, it didn't even matter. It didn't matter to me as an extra player. I could just talk to Novi and you know whoever else was there. I think it was Novi and Michaela. We just were just talking about life, mm-hmm. making jokes and like and stuff while. Once and they're like, oh, it's your turn. They're like, oh, okay. And then you just kind of tune in, and you're like, you already know what to do. You're just analyzing patterns, right? So you're flipping up a card and throwing it down there, which is kind of neat. Yeah. So I guess out of all those experiences, which game did you like the most? I think I it was Illusion for yeah, sure because it's casual and you like the pattern solving, pattern recognizing to it, or yeah, I like. Like I said, I like that. I found like the mind when we played the mind. I found it like super challenging because we were playing with five people. So I I liked playing it with two. I would like to try it with three people. I don't think I've tried it with three people yet. But and the game was fun because like we were all just like super into it. But this one, the illusion or sorry, illusion. I was just like, there's just something about it that just like drew me in right away. And I was really really trying to figure out. I think I wanted to be right all the time, and <laughs> and I wasn't, and it was very frustrating for okay. me. <laughs> From my perspective, I thought the game was the best, mainly because we were the most engaged and we're having the most fun with that. Nice. And and it was a challenge that we're trying to get through together. I did see we had the same thing with the mind too. The mind was was a lot of fun because we're trying to play it together. And we were playing with four people, which I still found just as hard as five. I did not honestly find a difference between four people and five people. I found it just as hard. But when we played two people, that seemed to be the best for the simple reason that me and you could get in sync. Yeah. To have three people get in sync would be a little harder. So I could see it being a little yeah. more challenging. I, I also think there's like one person playing that just like wasn't getting, I don't want to say like got the premise of the mind, but like just didn't understand that you had to be like in sync with the other players. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were taking like a really long time to put cards down. So we're like, okay. <laughs> so like we would put a card down. They're like, no, I was supposed to play. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Oh, I, so anyways, all three of those games are, are fantastic. Um, you can find them in Pandasaurus's library of games. Highly recommend all of them. I specifically highly recommend the game over the other two. Illusion's not too bad in my mind, but I think the game was my favorite of those three, and I could highly recommend that. I can confirm, but I liked Illusion better. There well, you go. Agree to disagree. There you go. Your opinion's your opinion, and mine's mine, John. You can't convince me. Yeah, but, you know, we liked Illusion so much, and, you know, we, we, we got it, and we're like, you know, we, we're seeing Wolfgang uh, Vorsch's name on a lot of these <laughs> games that we're playing. So I know that, I know there's a lot of games that we played of, of his as well. So let's talk about it. Okay, well, first of all, it's really surprising to me because we started playing The Mind. We, we played The Mind like a year ago or something. You bought it, and you brought it here, and you're like, Matt, you got to try this game. 
Yeah. It blew I, me away. It yeah. blew me away. It really did. Well, I bought it because I was seeing it, the buzz about it on social media. I also bought it because I went to Target looking for Jaws and couldn't find Jaws. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I recognize that game all over Instagram. So I snagged it and brought it home. And I was like, okay, well, it was like $10. Yeah, it's, it's very reasonably priced. Right? So why not? Yeah. So when you brought it, we played it, I loved it. And then I'm like, oh, that's really cool. It's just really weird. I think like his ideas are just very different. Mm-hmm. So then it was strange because, you know, well, I guess there's a really big game that he makes. It's called Quacks of Quinlanburg. Right. And um, I didn't even know he made that game, to be honest with you. I had no idea. But it's it's been a highly rated game on Board Game Geek over the last year, uh, year and a half, actually. It just kind of dropped off in this month, in the last month. But it doesn't matter because I'm sure he'll make another game that's going to come right back up. Mm-hmm. So that game was super popular. I didn't know it. And then we played The Mind. It was super popular. Loved it. And then it was weird because I saw this game, Wavelength, coming out. It just got fulfilled via kickstarter in december and i saw i was looking for a party game for christmas you know we had for stuff to play i like party games a lot i like kind of introducing my friends to party games so i started seeing like people recommending it in december and i'm like oh what is this game and i noticed right away i'm like wolfgang varsh where have i heard that name like it's not a very you know us being north americans wolfgang varsh really stands out the name Mm -hmm. stands out so i'm like where have i heard that name i click on the link see that he made the mind I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, and he made Quacks Over Quinlanburg. Oh, and he made Taverns of Teeth and Fall. I'm like, wow, he's making all these great games, right? I'm like, this is pretty amazing. And then, you know, Pandasaurus reached out to us and said, hey, do you want to try out these games? And right away, I look it up and I'm like, Wolfgang Barsh, Wolfgang Barsh. I'm like, okay, yeah, I do want to try these games. You know, he's, to me, he's a, he's like a hero of creators, right? He has, he has a very, he does very different stuff and you wonder why. Yeah. Right. So on that note, and we really wanted to treat our listeners to an interview with Wolfgang (laughs) Varsh, but unfortunately I left him a, a message too late, (laughs) which is a learning experience. B, I couldn't message him on any platform. He doesn't use his social media all that much. I think his last post was like September 9th. So even if I did message him, chances are he's probably just going to ignore it. He has other things to do, right? He has family, whatever. So I'm like, oh man, so we're missing out on like a huge interview that I'd love to put him in. Well, (laughs) that's where Reddit comes in. (laughs) (laughs) So luckily I did a little bit of research and found that he did a Q&A for the Wavelength Kickstarter. And in that he answered a lot of key questions. So I'm going to be Wolfgang Varsh. (laughs) No, I'm going to answer questions from, I'm going to be, so I read through and I can answer some questions about him. So question one, what we wanted to ask him, and I actually have all my questions written down, you know, how did you get into game design? So he actually was a researcher at first for like an educational institution. So he, he kind of just started, he applied his knowledge of research into game design. So the simple idea that you have an idea and then you run tests with those ideas and then those tests are then going to lead you into you know either success or failure on your on your on your idea Mm -hmm. and if it works out then you pitch that to like say you're a board game company or in the case of a researcher your advisor Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they act on it so it's really interesting that he had like a similar process of game design he like combined game design and research together i'm like oh that's so cool your background in research got you into game design 
That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So then, I don't know, can you see the second question? So we wanted to ask what his five favorite games that he didn't make are. <laughs> so funny story. He said that over the last, so this is 2018 or something, over the last two or three years, he had a child. Uh, I think he has two kids. Okay. Okay. And he just doesn't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are, what are uh... Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, look over these notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Wow. He was crying in the background. <laughs> so he doesn't, have, you know, he doesn't have the time. So he says that a lot of the games that he gets to the table are from other people in his playgroup. So he's very lucky to have another famous board game designer in his group. And that board game designer is Alexander Fister. And he designed Maracaibo. He designed Great Western Trail. There's a new game coming out from him, Cloud Age, which comes out, I think, November. He is a fantastic game designer. So imagine that person being part of your game group that you're designing. Obviously, you're going to have, you're going to be playing good games. But unfortunately, you may not be able to play all the hottest, latest stuff. Right? And that's fine. And that's fine, yeah. It, it's just, he doesn't have time for it. So he, he, luckily, his game group has these amazing games that are coming out. Nice. Right. And he, he said he loved Blackout, which is pretty cool at that time. What's interesting here that you that you have written down is that he made the mind in a week. So imagine imagine creating a game, you spend seven days on it, and it's a giant hit. So he said, I think he said he had the idea for the mind for a year, but he created it in a week. Yeah. Yeah, which is fantastic, right? So you have this mind mind blowing game. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that, eh? Yeah. Like you're just and that that comes with experience too. He's just designing and designing and eventually you you get over you get over your fears. It's kind of what he said. He's like, get over your fear and just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. You need to just do. Don't worry about failure, which is really cool. Yeah. And and you know what? And I could kind of see that. If you're a researcher, you probably have the exact same thoughts, right? Just get over your, your fear of that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And just a little tip. I mean, how does he come up with these games? He says that the first thing he does is he thinks of a simple mechanic that he really likes. Maybe he gets that from a game he plays or from like one of his board game groups, but he takes a mechanic and then he just tries to think about how he can make that mechanic more fun. Nice. I mean, we played a few of his games and they're all very enjoyable. Oh yeah. They're, right? they're well, I mean, think about it. He goes from like simple to complex, right? Like, you know, Taverns of Tifa Fall is, is a little more complex, right? Quacks or Quindlenburg is complex. But then, like, Wavelength is so simple. It's so simple, and it's a lot of fun, right? And then the mind is simple, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And Illusion, you you lo- you loved it, right? So it's like, you, he has, like, he's really hitting a lot of these. He's doing a really good job on what he's doing. Cool. All right. So thank you, Pandasaurus Games, for sending us the game and Illusion to preview on our podcast. Uh, we were lucky enough to own the mind already. So nice to talk about. I, we appreciate it immensely. So thank you. And thanks for all your listeners. So if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or hit that follow button on your favorite streaming platform. Is there a game you'd like for us to check out or talk about? Or have you created a game and you want us to preview it? Let us know by emailing us at info at fridaynight.games. Check us out on our social media. So Instagram at fridaynightgames underscore official. Twitter uh, at fridaynightgms. And our brand new Twitch stream, uh, which is also fridaynightgms. So check back next Friday for our next episode. And remember, it's Friday night. Let's have some fun.